You're listening to Were You Still Talking? Hey, welcome to another episode of Were You Still Talking? This is Joel Albrecht once again, and today I have Rob Guttro. He is an author, paranormal investigator, and medium with inspired ghost tracking of Maryland. Since he was a teen, he could receive messages from ghosts or spirits who have crossed over. As a scientist, he also provides some scientific explanation on how energy is a baseline for the afterlife and the medium that entities use to communicate. In 2005, Rob's late puppy passed and inspired Rob to write his first book and enabled him to communicate with pets. Rob participates in private paranormal investigations, helps ghosts cross over, and has provided countless messages from people or pets or ghosts or spirits. He has also lived in a haunted house. Rob, welcome to the show. It's really nice to have you. It's nice to be here. Thanks for having me, Joel. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I was very, I'm very curious about all of this stuff. Um, and I'm not a, a medium myself or a intuitive or any of that. So it's, um, it's always intriguing to me. Um, and one thing I thought was very interesting was your invest, you went to Tombstone and you investigated, um, some haunted, what, what, it was it a haunted street? It was a theater in Arizona. The theater, um, yeah. And, yeah, the Birdcage Theater in Tombstone, Arizona. It was a, uh, it was, uh, it, it opened in, in December 24th, 1881. It closed in 1889 because of the silver mines that flooded that were keeping the town alive, actually. But it was a, it was a crazy place. Um, there, I went there with a, with a friend of mine back in 2019. And he had never had a paranormal experience. And, um, he did. He by the time he left, he had two. <laughs> wow! Wow! In Tombstone, what a place to have a paranormal experience. I don't know. Uh, you also played. Uh, you were also in a play at the theater. No, no. I I actually did a book signing at the theater later. Oh, on. okay, okay. When I saw you dressed um, in the costume, I thought maybe you were performing there. Oh yeah. Well, <clears throat> there's a backstory to that. <clears throat> in 1993. Uh, I saw the movie Tombstone with with Kurt Russell and Dal Kilmer about Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday. I became enamored with that. And something looked eerily familiar to me about Tombstone, Arizona. So I went out there the next year with a friend of mine. I convinced him to see the town in a very fun way. I dressed as Wyatt Earp. He dressed as Doc Holliday. And we decided we were going to explore this historic town that way. And it was a lot of fun. Um, nice, so why, nice. Yeah, so that's why you see me uh, on the on the cover of the book Ghosts of the Birdcage Theater <laughs> on a medium's vacation, dressed up as Wyatt Earp <laughs> in Tombstone. For some reason, that has always fascinated me as well. I've, uh, I mean, there's been a lot of movies about it. I still Tombstone is probably still one of my favorites, although it's a, a little sensationalized version of events. Uh, it's just it's really well done. You know, I like everyone. All of the performances in it are pretty amazing um but i've also i remember a, a documentary years and years ago about where they tried to piece together what really happened mm -hmm. and um they did get closer with uh, the tombstone version than than almost every other because some of those old movies were <laughs> terrible <laughs> so tell me more about the the um 
the ghost encounter there in Tombstone? So, um, so I first went out there in 1994, and I didn't have these abilities. And but I did have what turned out to be a past life experience. Looking back on it, what happened was when I first got there, someone thought we were character actors playing Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday because they do a reenactment out there every day. So they stopped and asked me directions to the courthouse. Now, I've never been there. I had never been there. And uh, in 1994, you have to remember that there was no internet, really. There was no, you know, you didn't have cell phones. You couldn't look anything up. Um, you'd have to go to a library. Uh, there was no maps of the town. So when I got there and somebody stopped me in the middle of the street, five minutes after I was there, they asked me where the courthouse was. And I told them specifically where it was without knowing. I told them to go down two blocks, turn left, go down one block, turn right, and then it will be on your left-hand side. And my friend looked at me and he said, what in the world did you just say? <laughs> and did it occur to you when you said it that you had, no, it just was, was there, you just knew? It did, yeah, it, it, I didn't even think twice about it. And so he said, oh my gosh, you probably sent that tourist in the wrong direction. So we went, we followed my directions and sure enough, that's exactly where the courthouse was, which told me that I had been there before, likely in a previous life. So that was the first thing you thought of. You already, um, you did, you, you hadn't had, you, you already knew about previous lives. I mean, you already had an inkling that those, those happened. So back in, from, in 1994, I had no idea. I, I, yeah. couldn't, I didn't make sense of it until like <laughs> two decades later. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought you meant in, in 94 that occurred to you. Yeah. It did occur to me in 94. Yeah. So uh -huh. the, the incident occurred in 94, but I didn't realize what was going on until like 2004. And how, well, let's, let's go back a little further. When did you, when did you start, um, getting you know messages and and feeling other presences that that were um you know from dead people from dead people or yeah <laughs> i mean well do you get it from do you get it from live people too that i have a lot of questions <laughs> no i do not okay so I, that's I interesting the only the only one i can read better than uh, he knows himself is my partner so mm -hmm. But that's it. That's pretty um, normal, though. <laughs> yeah, that, it is true. Yeah, you yeah. know, you're together 18 years and you get to know each other better than the other person. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> it all went back to when I was 13 years old. And that was, well, I'm not going to tell you what year that was, but it was a long, long <laughs> time ago. And it, it, was a, it was a sudden uh, event because um, my grandfather, who died in December of... Uh, the previous year materialized in front of me in full color in July. So seven months later, when I was home with the dog and everybody else had gone out <clears throat> and he scared me. I mean, it, it scared me so much. I, I was panicked and I grabbed the dog and ran outside. When my parents came home, I told them. And that's when my mother said, we have to talk <clears throat> because she had the ability and she was afraid to use it. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. And it turns out my grandfather, the one that appeared to me, also had the ability. So, you know, she, so all these things are kept for me. 
Uh-huh. And did um, she did she kind of suspect that this might happen one day? Did... Um, she did not actually. She hoped that it had skipped a generation. Oh, okay. Okay. So, yeah. And my brothers, I have two brothers, older and younger, and they they don't have this ability. So it's just me. And I, I you know, and over time, uh, so I ignored it for a long, long time. And um, it wasn't until my puppy passed that you mentioned in the beginning of the program that that he reawakened my abilities. And he gave me the uh, the know-how to communicate with pets as well as people on the other side. Yeah, that part's very unusual. I, I don't think I've spoken with anyone who um, communicates with pets. I've spoken to mediums before, and I've spoken to, um, oh, what did he call himself? He was a magician that did tricks. Um, and so he, he investigated mediums, and he said he could prove that any mediums uh, a trick. But uh, <laughs> uh, what did he call it? Oh, mentalist, a mentalist, a mentalist. So um, it's just, but, but I like that you're also a scientist, so that, that's intriguing to me. So how old were you when you first communicated, when your, your dog died and you communicated with your dog? Oh, uh, it was 2005. 2005, okay. Yeah. So, um, I was, uh, uh, I was in, it was in my forties, mm -hmm. my early forties. Yeah. Um, and it was totally unexpected. Um, so, uh, it, you mentioned being a scientist and being a scientist, it's important for me to get proof of everything. So I have had to look at the science of different things. One, I, the, all of my, um, I lay everything out in, the, in terms of energy. So it's the science of energy. So in terms of energy, there's a law called the law of conservation of energy, which states that energy can't be destroyed. It can only be transformed. So what I've come to find out is that the physical energies within us, if you think of cell splitting, if you think of uh, thoughts that are little electrical impulses, those things those energies combine with the memories, personality, and the knowledge of this life. And then, then as an energy entity, we make a choice. We can choose to stay earthbound at a fixed location of our choosing, like a home that we grew up in, or perhaps a hospital we died in, or a battlefield or a prison that people die in. Um, or we cross over. And we join the energy of the other side or heaven or Valhalla or whatever you want to call it, the other side. Um, so, and that's what I call a spirit. So ghosts are earthbound. Spirits have crossed over. And, and they each have, uh, a, there's a difference between the two of them aside from location. And that is with energy. They both use physical energies of heat, light, water, electricity. But spirits of our loved ones, uh, use love, faith, and hope to come back. And ghosts use fear, anxiety, depression, and anger. If you go in a haunted house or one that you know to be haunted and you're anxious, you're really powering, empowering that ghost to move something or make a noise or touch you or create a cold spot. Wow, that's interesting. And how did how did you like uh, how did you figure out all the all the science of this? Um, first of all, I want to go back to like what what um, how did your dog communicate with you? 
How did how did that was it a feeling? Was it um you know, did did something move in the house? Did Well he did, did a the, number of things. Oh, so, he did a number of things. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I so one thing I've learned is that there's no such thing as uh coincidence when it comes to spirits because they make things happen they make us go to a certain place at a certain time look a certain way uh hear something um so in terms of my puppy um he had help from the other side from i believe my grandfather to give me the very first sign after he was after he was killed by a car um after about an hour um, my neighbors helped me bring his body back to my my house in in my my vehicle and um and i was going to take him to the the vet so they can he they could cremate him but i walked into the house and i i was the only one home and the the radio was on mysteriously it, i did not leave it on but it was on and the song that was playing was garth brooks the dance about a man who got to uh, the opportunity to love very deeply for a very short time and I just thought that's really weird because that's exactly what happened. This puppy was only seven months old. Oh, and also I've got to ask this because my wife's going to kill me. What kind of dog? A Weimaraner. Uh, okay. Th this yeah. is going to be an important question for her. So, okay. <laughs> so you can you. tell her that uh, we, we've had Weimaraners and Dachshunds. So we, we have the German dogs. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um. So a musical sign was his first one. The second song, by the way, that came on that radio station, which was weird, by the time I got everything together and went out the door, was a song by, an obscure song by Alan Jackson called My Heart's As Empty As A Monday Morning Church. And it's about a man whose the love of his life dies. And his heart is empty. And that's how I was feeling. And I just thought, okay, I'm just gonna put that in the back of my mind. I'm not gonna think about it. Um, Long story short, there there were many things at the vet's office when we when I was joined by friends. We were waiting in a parking lot. The uh, the lid of a trash can popped up about four feet into the air, and there was nobody next to it. And and I suddenly heard in my head, "Dad, I'm here." And I just thought, "Who was that?" And it was it was bones. <clears throat> um, over time, I saw a uh, I, I actually saw him materialize in my house, and I wound up following him, thinking it was my new Weimaraner that I adopted. Got into a, a room where there was no exit, turned on the light, and there was nobody there. My dog was asleep upstairs. My new dog. So it um, looked like. Um... A solid dog. I mean, it, it wasn't like ghostly it spirit looking. It looked like a dog. It looked like, yeah. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Which freaked me out because I ran upstairs to find out where my newly adopted dog was, Dolly. And she was asleep curled up on the bed. Wow. And I thought, okay, that was not her. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of my favorite things that Buzz did, Buzz loved to chew shoes. And when uh, when I adopted him, I had a roommate that I really didn't care for, <laughs> and hmm. Buzz didn't like him either. Um, and one day, he after Buzz had passed, he was coming out of the house, and he he ran out the door screaming at the top of his lung. 
And and he got to the, the car. I was sitting in the car in the driveway. And I said, what is the matter with you? And he said, I, I was in the hallway and I saw a sneaker move from one side of the hallway to the other side of the hallway. There's nobody there. Wow. Wow. So, I, so you know, secretly I was saying to myself, good boy, Buzz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's that's got to be hard too. I mean, I've had dogs pass away after fourteen or fifteen years, and that was difficult. But after seven months, I I think it, I don't know. I think that would have even more of an impact. You know, when they're you expect it a little more after fourteen plus years. But yeah, it did really because hard. when he when he came to me, uh, he was given to me as a birthday gift. When he came to me, um, uh, he had he had um, pneumonia. And I spent, I took two weeks off and spent two weeks with him under a tent, giving him medication with vaporizer and all that, nursing him back to health. Mm -hmm. So we really developed a very tight bond. Wow. And then, so when did you, how, how did it develop to going from seeing your dog and getting messages your dog to kind of the point you are now writing? Um, helping other people and, um, you know, writing all these books. And um, that's a that's a long, <laughs> that's kind of a big leap, especially, and learning this, I mean, it sounds like you've learned a lot about the science part of it. Did you I, have yeah. to learn that on your own or did you get, was there people that helped you with it? Other, it was all. No, I yeah. had to make sense of it on my own, the science side of it. Mm -hmm. uh, so I did, I, I did befriend another medium. Her name is Barb Mell and she's in Virginia. And, um, she, uh, she used to have these medium sessions where 45, 50 people would come and, and she would do a, a public event, do readings. And I would sit in the back and I would get all these weird messages from dead people. Hmm. Uh, and, and I would share them and they, they were, as it turned out, they were all accurate, which blew me away. Um, cause I didn't, you know, I, I didn't expect it, but one of them was from a dog, another dog that was not mine. It was from a Chihuahua and his name is Chico. And that's what he said. His name is Chico. And, uh, this is how I decided to start reading other pets from Chico. So Chico told me that he belonged to a woman in the audience and that, um, that he was helping a medium-sized black dog to become a better dog and behave better. So during the break, everybody was falling out, and and I, you know, I said, Chico, tell me who is your person. So he 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 told me she she is. So I I stopped a woman, long brown hair, and I said to him, I said to her, excuse me, it's going to sound weird, but there's a little beige chihuahua here named Chico. And he has a message for you. And her mouth opened and she said, oh, my God, that's my grandmother's dog that just passed a couple of weeks ago. A little beige chihuahua named Chico. And she said, what in the world is he doing here? And I told her about the black dog. And she said, I have a black lab. And she said, my black lab has been behaving better ever since Chico passed. And I couldn't figure it out. And I said, well, now you know why. Wow, that's pretty amazing. That is pretty nuts, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, definitely. And so, um, from from there, like, how 
how do you research ghosts? <laughs> how do you I research mean, spirits and ghosts and, you know, and, and um, realize that it's all energy changing form, I guess, is, is sounds like what you were describing. Um, in it. Yeah, so I joined a paranormal group. Um, when my first book came out, I gave a, a lecture to Inspired Ghost Tracking. It's a group in Maryland. And they asked me to become one of the mediums on their team. And I told them, I said, at that point in time, I was more like a medium rare, if you will. Uh, okay. <laughs> I do, do you not have, have a lot of, Do you right? have an old ambulance and stuff? Do you have, do you have what? Does, does the team have an old ambulance and some... <laughs> <no>. <laughs> like Ghostbusters? Yeah, like... like... <laughs> no, unfortunately, they don't. But... Um, but they do go to they do go to private homes throughout Maryland that have paranormal problems or may have paranormal problems. And so over the last uh, 13, 14 years, I've been part of that group and we have been on some really weird cases. Um, and, and everything has been confirmed by, of, of people that live there. And um, one of the uh, one of the most famous cases I've been on is, is one that that is in my book called The Case Files of Inspired Ghost Tracking. I call it the double murder ghost investigation because we went into a home uh, with a family of four, mom, dad, two kids, and they were reporting seeing shadow figures and having sheets pulled out their bed and all kinds of weird stuff going on and cold spots and so forth. Um, I went in with another medium who had also just joined the group. He was a, He's a friend of mine that we both realized that we had you know, these abilities. Um, and we wound up talking to two women, an older woman, a younger woman. Um, they were both, it turned out they were both brutally murdered in this home by, uh, by a man that was renting a, a basement apartment. We got all of these things and, and how they were abused and murdered and so forth. It was horrific. Um, we wound up confirming every single thing from the police report, which was stunning to me. Um, and uh, so all of that is in my my book. And one of the uh, one of the technical guys, we have a tech team and a medium team. So the medium teams go in after the tech team. Tech team consists of people who bring uh, digital recorders to record sound, infrared cameras, high speed cameras, um, thermometers because of cold spots, which I will explain in a bit, and K2 meters, which measure magnetic fields, because ghosts are energy. Um, okay. And you can get a K2 mm -hmm. meter at Home Depot or Lowe's or whatever, because electricians use them to check your fuse box or your, your connections. Oh, oh right, right. Um, that's pretty amazing that you, you and your friend both had this ability. I suppose you were there was you were kind of drawn together possibly because of that it, well no actually it was kind of odd because he is a co-worker in my science career and when i kind of came out of the medium closet to him over lunch one day he said oh my gosh i have the same kinds of abilities and i didn't know what to do with them wow so, wow yeah. The medium closet. That's that's kind of a good way to. That's an interesting way to describe it. Because I, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, you probably 
it must be difficult. I can I can imagine. I mean, there there's um, one or two skeptics out there, even though you know there's television shows now with mediums. There's television shows with ghost hunters. There's all this publicity around it, but yeah. um, I, there's still I would think there would be a lot of skepticism and and weird stuff to put up with. So it's but, good to be skeptical. It is. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had a, a man email me this summer, and he and he said. Look, Rob, I heard about you and your ability to tune into pets. I am a total skeptic. I don't believe this at all. But my daughter is devastated by the loss of her dog. And he he, he begged me to do a, a reading for him. And um and I I do readings, I do them on the weekends, I do them by email, but I'm booked all the way out to May of 2024. So I'm wow. a year a wow. year out. Yeah. So I did a reading for this guy and I said, look, this is for your daughter. It's not for you. (laughs) And he wrote me back and he said, I cannot believe the things that you touched on that only my family knows about this dog. And he said, I am no longer a skeptic. So, um, you know, I, I, I've had people say to me, well, you know, you go on people's Facebook pages and you investigate them. Well, I don't have time for that. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's what I do. That's the, <laughs> yeah. that's what I do as a podcaster. <laughs> and, and it works. I'm telling you. There's a lot of research. people. Yeah, it's yeah. just standard research. So, I mean, but I, it, mean, it's, I think it saved me <laughs> a few times. It does. <laughs> it does. So, so honestly, Joel, when people email me, I asked for a couple of things and I asked for their name, the names of the people in their house, uh, the name of the pet and a picture of the pet and any questions they have. I don't know where they live. I don't know what they do. I don't know anything about anything. Mm-hmm. And that's how I, and, and uh, I, I've had pets on the other side, show me houses, the inside of houses um, in, in Turkey, in Mexico, in Canada, in Germany. And they're describing these things that they are associating with in houses where they live. Um, and, you know, to me, it's weird. <laughs> right. It sounds it sounds pretty f- weird. It, you know, it's pretty uh, amazing, really. And so and they speak to you like uh, like we're speaking. They uh, um, you, you oh, communicate with them. It's like, really in, in pictures, in pictures. OK, yeah. It, they so and they also learn words. Mm-hmm. They, they learn words um, that they can share with me. Um, so, for instance, in my latest book, Pets in the Afterlife Four, which is Messages from Spirit Cats, um, this is one of my favorite stories. Um, this cat named Buddy had shared with me some a whole bunch of things for his mom, and the one thing that really stood out to her, and really what made me shudder because I didn't know what it meant was a word called named um, Mala, M-A-L-A. I never, I've never heard of it. And, and I, of course I didn't know where the woman was from. Um, so I wrote it down and I said, look, I, I have no idea what this word means. I know mal in Spanish means bad, but I don't know what Mala means. So I said, you're probably going to think it's, I'm, you know, I'm crazy. <laughs> So she wrote me back and she said, she said, Rob, my cat comes into my bedroom every morning and, and we close the door and the 
the only one in the world that knows this word, mala, is me and my cat. It is the name of a meditation that I do every morning, the mala meditation. And she said, I can't believe that he was able to convey that word to you. It wow. was chilling. It is chilling. I'm getting chills just, just hearing the story. So, yeah, that's amazing. So you're always, you're, you're always doing it over email. You never have, yeah. Yeah, and so the, the reason I do that, Joel, is because I, it, it takes a lot of um, quiet and concentration for me to listen to uh, a pet. You know, it's not like listening to a person. It's, <clears throat> you have to come from the angle of, where the pet's coming from, whatever they can uh, can show you. <clears throat> and then sometimes you have to try and figure it out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes sense. When did you, for, when did you write your first book? Have you, I mean, have you always been a writer or did you just decide you needed to, you know, to write, write this down and, and so more people could, could hear about it? Um, I, I wrote the first book in 2010, and then um, I, I did that using a uh, diary. I used to keep a diary, mm -hmm. um, and my so I recorded all those signs from Buzz. And as as such, I used that as the basis for my first book. Okay, so you were so you were already used to writing uh, every day, keeping a diary, so. It was it was something you already did. Yes. Yeah. Uh, plus, there were a couple of other crazy things that uh, that I had as in in the first book. The first book is where I came up with the uh, the idea of a difference between a ghost and a spirit. Um, and spirits, by the way, can visit you anywhere, anytime, any place on Earth. Ghosts are stuck in that location that they choose. So, it's very very rare that a ghost will be able to attach themselves to a person. It's only happened twice in the 12, 13 years I've been doing this. Um, but spirits can visit you anywhere. So like if your grandmother passed, she can come to you if you're on vacation, um, anywhere. Um, my mom, my mother passed in 2013. And when I was taking a uh, trip with my partner in Germany um, back in, in 2018, I think, um, I, I told him, I said, my my mother is here. I can feel my mother around. And it's like, okay, whatever. Well, maybe she'll confirm that. Well, we we had to take a, a bus. Um, and the bus drove us by this supermarket in Germany. <clears throat> and the name of the supermarket was Norma, an Italian name, which is my mother's name, in the middle of Germany. Wow. Wow. And, I said, there you go. There's it, your sign. Could there be more blatant than that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I, I, it's, it's interesting. Your the um, the distinction between uh, ghosts and spirits, especially after. Have you ever watched Ghosts, the comedy? Oh, I love it. Okay, because it, it's very much like that. I mean, yeah, the, yeah. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> They're not explaining anything, which I think is good too. But it's yeah, it's a, it's a fun show. But it, it sounds, it's kind of like that same thing. Um, so the, um, 
I'm I'm curious more about also the sort of do you go do you go to you said you you help people move on a lot of times mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like what's that process like is it different every time it, um, is there other is it does it ever just not work um, where you you know people think they're ghosts and maybe there's not. Yes. Um, yeah. So some people think that they have hauntings and they don't. Um, mm-hmm. um, there's a uh, there's a thing called poltergeist, and poltergeist activity is really it's it's energy created by emotions from living people that simulate how a ghost is or what a ghost can do. Um, it's usually it's usually energy that is created by a teenager, whether a teenage girl or a teenage boy. And we've gone on, I think, four or five cases where it actually has been poltergeist activity generated by a teenager. Uh, one where a, a teenage girl was emotionally <clears throat> emotionally upset and uh, did not like her sister, so she would make shadow figures appear in her sister's room, and she, Whoa. she was able to wow. move things and. Um, because when we went and we investigated, we didn't find a ghost. So we asked the homeowner if um, she had two teenagers, and she said yes. And I, I asked her, do you have one teenager that does not like the other teenager? And she said yes. And one teenager with some emotional issues, and she said yes. And sure enough, um, when that older teenager got some counseling, the poltergeist activity stopped. Oh, that well, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's still wow. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And <laughs> how did you um? How did you first like discover the difference between ghosts and spirits? Did ghosts could ghosts tell you, or spirits like did they explain what was going on to help you, or you just had to do it? I just figured your, it out. You just um, figured it out. And because in yeah, as a paranormal investigator. I realized that ghosts seem to be stuck. They, they're, they're stuck in the place that they choose to stay. And they can't move on. They can't cross over. They also can't come into dreams. Spirits of our loved ones can come into your dreams. And, and dreams are the easiest way for a spirit to communicate. So if you've lost a loved one, um, like I just did, like my, my father-in-law uh, passed away, um, dreams are the easiest ways for him to communicate that he's okay on the other side. Um, uh, so I had to make that distinction because I didn't want to call them both ghosts and spirits because they're not. They're one stuck in a, in a location and the other one is not. It's, it's, it's like energy streaming through the cosmos. If you think of like solar rays or gamma rays or x-rays or cosmic rays, they just stream through the universe. And that's pretty much what I look at a spirit as being. Oh, interesting. That's yeah. Now I had another question for you, and I it's it's slipping my mind a little bit what it was. Um, the uh, so do they ex- um, have you like asked spirits what it's like on the other side, or or you know gotten information about that. I, wa- I I still haven't had anyone on here that's had a, a near-death experience, but I've always been interested in that. Um, and I noticed I have my own theories about what those are. <laughs> but uh, it, it's, um, yeah, do you, do you get information like 
so the information is limited mm-hmm. because it's not it's not really for us to know yet <clears throat> but but what i have been able to do is i've been able to figure out that uh that when we pass there are spirits that are going to be waiting for us on the other side they, they could be people that we knew or people we are related to that we never met in life or pets animals that, that we are connected to in family or, or friends um love is like an emotional uh energy spider web that connects everybody together and um we can meet any of those people on the other side so uh, some mediums will paint a picture for people and it's really just a way to um bring calmness and peace to people but uh, with me i just see everybody as energy with a consciousness um so there's no buildings on the other side <laughs> there's no jobs on the other side you know um it's energy Mm -hmm. um so some mediums will paint the other picture that it's the same as the physical world and it's really not it's not at all um it's all about energy and love in spirit that makes sense that makes sense to me that kind of jives i mean the first the first thing you said is it not for us to know i've always thought that Mm -hmm. um there there was uh now I'm forgetting who said it, but a, um, a famous uh, author was saying how the near near death experiences are like the introduction phase, and if you go beyond that, you know, if if you do die, there's going to be way more. That and also, I've always been. It, it's always seemed to me like we we can't really understand it in our current uh, incarnation that we would, you know we it's too much for us we it's like all the different ways that people try and understand god or spirit or uh whatever you call it it's it's sure. the, we're limited mm-hmm. in that because we're in these emotional bodies i guess it's, yeah it's like trying to teach a first grader quantum physics right just forget or, it <laughs> or most or most of us <laughs> or most of us right? <laughs> yeah yeah, I read uh, I read the book about that was supposed to make quantum physics easier, um, not by Carl Sagan, but uh, I'm forgetting who did it. Uh, Brief history of time. Um, I don't know if you've ever read that, but <laughs> yes, thank you, thank you. I did read it. It it, <laughs> it didn't work for me. I was like, this is fascinating. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> You probably understood it as a scientist. You probably could get closer. I understood. Well, yeah. I understood a, a good part of it, but mm-hmm. then he lost me in different parts. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I was with it for a little while, and then it was. And now yeah. they've now those most of what's in that book has kind of been expanded upon greatly with the uh, theory of everything and and all that kind of stuff. Pretty incredible. So I, I remember, now I remember, because you even said, um, you said you had a loved one pass away recently. Um, the, is it easier for you when that happens? Is it different? Because, you know, you know, you can speak to him, you know, that when you see him in your dreams, that you're actually seeing him in your, I mean, I've seen, I've seen loved ones in my dreams after they've passed. And I never, I, I always kind of think that could be real, but I'm never sure, um, mm-hmm. you know. 
Yeah, it, it is, especially uh, if you if you have a dream and you can maybe smell their perfume or you you feel them and you're giving them a hug and you can actually feel them in your dreams. Um, that's a deeper dream. That's what we call a visit. Um, but to answer your question, yeah, it's become a lot easier. Um, when when my dad passed in 2008, that was devastating because he was the first in my immediate in my immediate family. Um, but my dad helped me prove to my mother and my brothers that he was at his own wake and his own funeral with a handkerchief. So it's a weird, it's a, it's kind of a long story. But um, so once that happened, it it became easier for me to deal with passing. Um, and I I hear from my mom and dad, both of them have passed uh, from time to time. I, I swear that my partner says things my mother would say all the time, which makes me crazy. <laughs> Always channeling my mother. <laughs> um, but um, so a, a funny story for you with my mother. When my mother passed in 2013, um, we, uh, during her wake, uh, I had gone up to, during the wake, I had gone up to the casket. And um, my mother always took pride in the way she looked. She was always in makeup. She was, her hair was always perfect. Even she was 85 years old, she would still wear heels, like high heels. <laughs> she had to be perfect. Um, so when I went up to the casket, um, I heard my mother say, you need to get a pencil and darken my eyebrows. And I, 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 oh I laughed. She was, she didn't want people seeing her this. She wanted to, her makeup yeah, had to be better. She said yeah. they didn't do it right. You wow. need to you need to darken my. Eye. So my partner came up to me and he goes, "Why are you laughing at your mother's casket?" <laughs> he said, "Is she here?" And I said, "Yeah." I told him what, why, and what she, what her request was, and he said, "Don't you dare darken her eyebrows." <laughs> 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 Somebody's <laughs> got to do it. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. yeah, I've I've lost a, a lot of um, members, aunts, uncles, cousins, and uh, we always end up laughing at funerals just because mm -hmm. of all the stories and things like that. I lost I've lost half of my family, and I'm not that old, but um, my immediate family. I lost wow. a brother very young, and um, my parents. Well, young for today's, you know, what's typical today, they were young, but I was, it wasn't that long ago. My dad passed wow. very suddenly and my mom, it was really tough. She had Alzheimer's. So oh my gosh. it's like losing her for 10 years. You know, that's, it's, yeah. that's a really, really hard thing to deal with. Um, but that eventually it took her. Well, they're, they're still around you. They can, they can hear you and they can see you. So we should take uh, we should take note of that and comfort in it. Yeah, and that is that is comforting, and uh, I definitely um, you know say things to them now and again, uh, talk to them as if they're there. So it, it's nice if they can hear. But but I'm okay too if they've moved on and uh, are doing something else, <laughs> not hanging around here all the so, time. One thing you should know is that typically spirits who have passed away will come visit us around birthdays, anniversaries, and holidays. Um, 
And the reason for that is that our emotional energy is usually elevated around those times. And those are the times that we always celebrate with living people. So they want to acknowledge those times, whether it's your birthday or their birthday, uh, anniversaries like maybe the anniversary of their passing um, or a wedding anniversary or some other anniversary, um, and always holidays. They will always they will always be around the table, usually at holidays, because they still want to let everybody know that they're still there. Mm-hmm. That and that would make sense to me. We we had very large holidays for a long time, uh, not so much anymore, but we used to. So uh, it would make sense that they would be around at that time. Completely makes sense. Definitely. <laughs> um, what? Oh, you. How many books have you written now? I was looking at my at your notes. I almost <laughs> said my notes. Um, <laughs> you have a lot of books out. How many years have you? When did you start? So I started in 2010. 2010, okay. I've written 10 books. I tend to generate one book a year. And um, my books are not all alike. Mm -hmm. I have, so I have three, three different categories of books. One is Pets in the Afterlife, which has pets one, two, three, and four. The other one is Ghosts on the Medium's Vacation. We talked about the Ghosts of the Birdcage Theater. That's one of the books in that series. And then Ghosts of England on a Medium's Vacation. I went to England and I ran into so many dead people that I made a book out of it. Um, oh, wow. Well, <laughs> it's been the, around the, longer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's so hot. So, and the other series is Ghosts and Spirits, which includes... Uh, paranormal investigations, and uh, I did a question and answer book about all kinds of paranormal questions for anybody that has has them. Um, and um, there's a book called Kindred Spirits, which is kind of unique. Um, I wish somebody would make it into a movie. Actually, it's it, it's about when <clears throat> when I met my my now husband. Um, his late partner came along for the ride and i never knew this guy in life um he died in 1996 but i've grown to know him so much from spirit that he's like a best friend that lives in another state um he helped me solve the mystery behind his death and finally bring peace to his dad after 15 years of grieving he showed up uh he sent a look-alike to help us when we were lost on vacation and we were both stunned that this guy looked exactly as he would have looked had he lived today. Um, he's given acknowledgments that he's been there when our dogs passed away. Um, so there's just countless things and, and other things I couldn't put in the book because of things that he <laughs> conveyed about uh, my husband's past life with him. And uh, Oh, know. okay. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> understandable. Yeah, and how? So, do you um, always have dogs? Do you also have cats and, and or birds or turtles or um, goldfish or? So, any domesticated animal can connect with me, and um, I have done readings for. Uh, I, I only have dogs, but I've done readings for dogs, cats, horses, birds, uh, ferrets, rabbits, rats, gerbils, <laughs> bunnies. Um, you, you name it. If they're domesticated, I can do it. Um, I kind of draw the line at 
spiders and snakes because I don't like them. <laughs> and my personal preference would, I think, block messages from them. <laughs> oh, right, right. They, they may, I see, I see what you're saying. Yeah, rats are really smart. So I guess that, that wouldn't be surprising. That's they a are. very smart animal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so do you raise, do you like raise dogs? You said you always have um, warm runners and um, dachshunds. 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 Yeah. Oh, you do? We do. Yeah, we have three. <clears throat> we have a dachshund, two dachshund mixes. Um, and we worked with um, with those rescues, those type of breed rescues for the last 15 years. So we've done fostering and transporting and um, adoption and um, everything, fundraisers, website building, you name it. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. Always, always good to hear. Anyone who's involved in animal rescue, it's a good thing. Thank you. <laughs> so one of the things that I came up with uh, about four years ago, or no, probably about five years ago, uh, um, was a way to do fundraisers for animal rescues. And that is, I would, um, I would go to an animal rescue and do a lecture and teach people how pets communicate from the other side. And what they would do, it, what I came up with is that the rescues would charge people to come to this talk and maybe they can connect to their own pet by through, you know, examples and so forth. Um, and they can share examples that they have from their own life. And I don't accept any money from the rescue. I All the money they raise goes to the rescue. Oh, that is great. That's a really unique uh, type of fundraiser. So you're, yeah. I mean, really you're teaching people how to, how to do what you do. And you're, exactly. Hopefully. Yeah. And, and bring them comfort. Um, and mm -hmm. um, so I have, I think I have four rescues booked in New England <laughs> this, this fall. Um, I've done them everywhere, uh, up and down the East Coast. Uh, so if anybody knows a rescue that is interested in having me do a fundraiser, I would be more than happy to do it. Oh, that is awesome. That That's really great. Thanks for putting that out there for, yeah. Because that definitely is something that um, I've not heard of before. <laughs> so it just seems like, and there, there's always, rescues are always looking for new ways to, you know, to bring mm -hmm. in money. I know, always. So that's really great. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I came up with that myself. And and one of the things that's important to know, too, is that our pets want us to adopt another pet, usually, because they uh, they know that we have so much love to still give, and there are so many pets that need that love. Oh, that makes sense. That's that's really nice, a nice thought, too. Um, I when I lost my dog, I didn't want to. I still haven't adopted another dog because it was it was just so heartbreaking. <laughs> so I couldn't imagine. I have cats, but I haven't gotten another dog uh, since then. Um, but that that's a that's a nice thing to know. That's a nice thought. Well, I, w I will say, Joel, that I when I when I've done some readings for some different cats or dogs, um, they will. Some of them have told me. Just a few of them have told me that they want the pet parent to adopt uh, a dog or cat of the opposite sex because they want to be the only male. They want to be the only female. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds, sounds like it. I, well, I did. I mean, I got a cat that acts like a dog. So mm -hmm. maybe, maybe that's close. He, he think, <laughs> so funny that cat. brings up the reincarnation thing. People always ask me about reincarnation. And yeah, we all do come back. 
but usually our pets wait for everyone they know in this life before they come back. So your your dog that passed is not going to come back to you as another dog. And if they come back to you as another dog, they're not going to remember their previous life. So, um, but uh, but they usually they will not come back while while we are still alive. Um, they'll come back and train your new pet to do something that that they used to do. Oh, interesting. That's really interesting, huh? And they'll they'll wait till we reincarnate. So reincarnation is another is just it's an interesting subject. Have you always believed in that, or was it when you started um, experiencing things like in Tombstone? Um. Well, really, yeah. Uh, it's hard to know exactly when I I began to believe in it, but I, I always had the sense that everybody comes back. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And the um, we we started talking about the haunted theater and tombstone, but we never. I don't think we ever finished. What? Um, no. <laughs> the, <laughs> what was what was that story? Let's let's at least let's get further into that. Okay. Um, Just so, because I'm I'm uh, I love the that area and stuff. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I became enamored with Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday, and I went uh, I, in the '90s. I started traveling to places that he lived, and so forth. Um, I, I was going to write a book about Wyatt Earp, but there's so many of them that I didn't need to. And I certainly didn't set out to write a book about the ghost of the Birdcage Theater because I didn't know there were so many there. Um, so in 2019, when I went, um, when I when I went back, I should say. I asked a friend of ours who had never had a paranormal experience to go with me. And I told him, I said, they just started ghost tours. How about, how about we do that? I said, that way you can get the history and you can, you know, see how the paranormal thing works with me. Cause I've been doing the paranormal thing for 10 years. So he said, okay. And well, he wound up seeing two ghosts and he took a photograph of one of their faces in a mirror. Oh, wow. In the book. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Um, so I ran into 11. I ran into 11 different dead people. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's interesting is that the, the tour guide who works there at, in the, as a history person was able to confirm every single person that was dead that showed up to me. So um, one thing that ghosts do with me, too, is that they'll share their pain of death. Like when I went on the double murder investigation that we talked about earlier and those two women were murdered, they they made me feel like I was hit, punched, pushed down the stairs, stabbed, and more. Um, when I went to the Birdcage Theater, now that my abilities had awakened, they weren't they were dormant the first time back in 1993 or 1994. Um, I walked in there and I sensed a woman up in the uh, uh, up in the lobby in the on the mezzanine level looking walking back and forth and there's been a woman sighted there she's a lady of the evening um but she was there but when i went in the back that's where it that's where it all hit me uh, um during the ghost tour it was nine o'clock to eleven o'clock as soon as i walked into the back area where the theater was suddenly i felt a bullet go through my throat and i was thrust against the back wall 
And I couldn't speak for about two minutes. I couldn't speak. I could feel a bullet. I could feel blood coming out of my throat. And, and then I tasted the coppery taste of blood in my mouth. I could actually taste it. And I realized that it was a ghost sharing how he died. And he died on that spot. He told me his name. And he told me what happened. He told me he was cheating at cards. And he, he got up to run. And they shot him in the throat. And he died right there. And he's been haunting that particular part of the Birdcage Theater ever since. So um, so I drew a picture of him. I like to sketch because I like... I've always liked drawing superheroes, so it comes in handy. So all my books have sketches in them. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's great. Um, and so he was confirmed by the by the the tour guide. And I will tell you that um, I I went back in the next day because I had befriended the owner um, of the birdcage, and uh, I went back in to do some video uh, of little areas where I. Oh, actually, this was like three years later, 2022. I went, I went there in 2022 to do a book signing. And I went in to do a videos, little short videos of where I spotted these ghosts. And same ghost came through to me, shot me again in the throat, a repeat. And I knew who he was. And I said, look, I know you're there. I know you're dead. I know you're angry. I know you cheated the cards. I'm just going to be here to, to film a couple of short videos about you and the other people, all the other ghosts I encountered. So just please leave me alone. Well, the audio in the, all the video clips were nothing but a loud buzzing. Before I went in there, the audio was fine. When I left there, the audio was fine. So I have a, I have a, a video clip of me out front of the Birdcage Theater saying I'm going to the Birdcage Theater, going to show you where the ghosts are. Every single video was uh, destroyed by electronic in interference. And that was the guy. He was being a jerk. <clears throat> wow, that's pretty amazing. I uh <laughs> that is it, it's uh, when I read books and they describe brutal killings like that. I, I just picked up a dime novel kind of book where I was staying at, at the coast and it's just using my imagination. It's really hard for me to picture things like that. So I can't imagine actually feeling what the person went through and uh, that does that happen a lot to you? And um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and also I thought it was interesting that you just described you described in the way he was killed how um, most real gunfights went down. It wasn't yeah. two people in the street. It was just, it's the same as today. It was somebody shooting somebody else. It, it, they, it, that's more the real West. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, the, and, they, and by the way, it, there are a couple of others in that birdcage theater. So 26 people were murdered in the birdcage theater, as it turned out, within the uh, eight-year span. There are 140 bullet holes that still line the walls and floors and ceilings. You can see when you go in there and tour it during the day. Um, so, yeah, there there are a lot more. Wow, that that sounds like that sounds like a new HBO series, um, like dead, <laughs> yeah. where Deadwood left off at the Birdcage Theater. Yeah, good title yeah. too, Birdcage. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, they, they gave that name in, uh, in, in 1881. I had nothing to do with it, but, um, but yeah, so for anybody who's out there, you can take a daytime tour, a, hist a historic tour, self-guided, or you can join the ghost tour at night. So. That sounds pretty fun. It, it's just amazing that that many murders happen in one building in, what was that, 20 year, a 20-year span? Ten, uh, eight, eight years. Eight years. Eight years. What was, the, now, is there like some, we, is there some, bad energy in the in the where they put it or something <laughs> that just seems crazy That's, so what happened yeah yeah so what what happened in that particular time period is there the, there were um just as in the movie tombstone and it, this is true there was a band of of rogues and villains named the cowboys they would rob stagecoaches they would shoot people randomly murder anybody anywhere they didn't care it was it was all about money for them and power and and there was no there was no law and that's why uh Wyatt Earp and his brothers and and Doc Holliday uh changed a lot of that a lot of the murders happened earlier um before Wyatt and Doc showed up yeah that story has always intrigued me because no <laughs> nobody would dare do what they did to stop crime now what did they do they said no guns in the city yeah period exactly. the end you want to bring a gun in? That's fine. You can have it when you leave. It's not, you, <laughs> they weren't, they, we're not going to take it away. We're just going to hold it for you. And that's literally how they stopped gun violence in the West. But, yeah. but uh, that changed, I guess. <laughs> I can't do that anymore. Uh, I just always thought that was interesting because it's such an iconic figure. You know, he's he's held up as, as even though he probably was a murderer, he's held up, you know, at as, as such a... Um, the high, he's just, the story is told over and over and over, but people seem to f forget what he did, which was pretty well, simple. Had, yeah, it was just he, like, murdered, he murdered those villains. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Um, you know. And so. I also thought it's interesting that the word cowboy comes from bad guys. <laughs> because the cowboy now is like this iconic hero, right? The cowboy is is this known now uh, and and throughout lives i think the western started in the 18 18 teens we started making mm -hmm. westerns and the cowboys were often the heroes and so i always thought that was interesting that's really where that iconic name came from is a gang of thugs right <laughs> that's <laughs> uh, oh yeah that, that just was always interesting to me but i still think uh, more people should write books about tombstone because i'm not sure if it's ever been told uh accurately I, i've seen some documentaries that seem to be more accurate but it's also it's such an interesting piece of history because yeah of, yeah it is yeah it, it's a fascinating place so i would urge you to go there <laughs> yeah i i would like to I haven't I, I think I went there as a little kid with my parents um but it's it is that that place is fun to visit and that whole area is fun to visit it's mm -hmm. pretty pretty incredible So I think I've just about covered everything that I was um I think I've gone through all my questions It was really uh, awesome having you on the show just let me che I'm just checking here to see if I missed anything, I'm looking at my notes in the background. Um, there's there's way more that I could cover, but this is a, <laughs> this is a big subject. <laughs> yeah, there was a well, you know, it's been 15 years of 
experiences and um so while you're <clears throat> while you're looking there i will take one moment to explain my uh my science behind cold spots because nobody nobody else that i know of has found a way to explain cold spots and um, as i mentioned ghost drawn energy so what i have concluded is that they draw the energy from the motion of air molecules and how that works is that fast moving molecules of air are warm air when you slow them down slower moving molecules of air are cooler air and that's why where a ghost is materializing you get a cooler column of air you have a cold spot so that's my scientific explanation for that oh that's it that's great because yeah i did i have not heard that anywhere um so that's pretty amazing. Um, the, the question I, I did have, uh, which I got from you, but I had it anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, does everyone have these abilities? Because I sure have not ever felt that I did. I, I've always felt very gr grounded, I guess some people say, um, you know, never really. So what is your, what's your take on that? Um, it's kind of twofold. One, it does run in the family, but two, um, I write these books to teach you how to look for signs so that you can, in fact, be aware of how spirits communicate. And you don't need a medium to give you a reading. Just be aware of your environment and know that there is no such thing as a coincidence. Oh, that's really interesting. And I love that you've written books, you know, with that in mind, because I've, I talked to, I've talked to a at least one other medium, maybe more. I'm starting to lose track now. I have enough, just enough shows where I, I've lost track of all my guests. But um, they uh, always say what you say and that they're booked. They're, they're completely booked up. I guess it was because of the popularity of mediums now with uh, television shows and things like this. Uh, so, Well, everybody wants a personal reading. Every, mm -hmm. you know, um, mm -hmm. And there's just so many only so many people that have a gift to be able to accommodate that and you know uh, if i didn't have to work full-time as a scientist to support myself uh, i would be more than happy to do more readings <laughs> but but you know you gotta pay the bills <laughs> oh so it's not i see that just means you're not charging enough that's the uh that's the rule no. of self-employment <laughs> well yeah that's true if you're I mean, booked up and but that's okay it's great that you're you're making it accessible well, I, to I people. Want, yeah, I, I want everything to be affordable for people because yeah. not not everybody makes a lot of money. And um, and because I'm self-published, I get to set the rates of my books. And it, uh, every single book is below $10 because I want people to read them. I want people to understand how to look for signs from spirit. Uh, again, I'm not out to make money from this. I'm out to educate and to bring comfort. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's, I appreciate that. That's really nice um, because obviously some people are out to, to, to make money. So I, I think I would be remiss if I didn't ask you this. This, this maybe will be the last question. You said you do ghost investigations. Have you ever been asked to investigate other mediums for their validity? It, uh, no. No, okay. No. Um, I think that everybody has different gifts on different levels. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I will say that in my Pets in the Afterlife, one book, there are chapters from 
three friends of mine who happen to be mediums. I mentioned Troy from IGT, Inspired Ghost Tracking, and Barb Mallon and my friend Ruth Larkin. Um, they provided uh, chapters of how their pets communicated with them as well. So um, I will not investigate other mediums uh, because everybody has a different gift. Oh, it's true. I just, I, th I think uh, it's, a, it's a skeptic in me, but I think there are people out there who are trying to take advantage who, you know, who oh, might be, yeah, you know, there's yeah, always, them. there are people in the world. Yeah. Who may not be doing it the same way that you are. <laughs> I don't, I don't feel that way about you at all. Um, yeah. but I, I'll just say, I, I should say thank you very much. It's been really, it's been awesome having you on the show. And so it's been great talking to you, Joel. Yeah. You're such a great guy. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's a subject I'm very interested in both pets and mediums. It's a, it's a tough one. I don't know which, I think the pets are more important. <laughs> oh, well, well, you've got a little bit of both today. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I will just say, um, thank you for listening. You've been listening to, were you still talking? This is Joel Albrecht and the guest on my show today has been Rob Gutro. He, I'm going to have all the information about him on, uh, in the show notes, check your show notes. You can, um, go to his website. You can go to his YouTube channel. You can, there's a, a lot of different places that uh, he's available. And he just, he said on my show that he would do a, a free um, a seminar for your uh, shelter. If you have a shelter that's trying to raise money, do, do programs, do different things, definitely get a hold of him. That's, that sounds like an amazing offer to me. Absolutely amazing. And all his books are on Amazon. That's right, right? All the books are on Amazon. All right. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, um, let me know. Give it a like somewhere, wherever you're listening to it. And uh, give me a comment. And as I always say, be good to each other. And be good to yourself. <laughs>